So, evening to everyone. So, uh, recently we have uh, been discussing Sri Rupa Goswami Prabhupada's Namastakam. So, I would uh, like to continue to do that tonight. So, we've gone through uh, four of the eight verses of Rupa Goswami's um, Hastakam or eight, eight verse glorification of Harinam. And um, I would like to just review a little bit what we've gone over and elaborate a little bit more on the fourth verse before we go to the fifth verse, which is uh, a turn in a significant uh, direction. Um, but the Namastakam of Rupa Goswami and we're commenting on it uh, based on a very um, significant but um, minimal uh, commentary of Baladev Bidibushan, who's a couple hundred years after the uh, time of Rupa Goswami. And um, he has made a beautiful statement to begin with that the reason that the verses are all in different meters, which is very odd. You'd think a poem would all be in one meter. Is that the, that they're, and they're all in a, uh, all of a feminine nature, feminine um, meters, is because Rupa Goswami wants to say by that in a very subtle way that Harinam, who is none different than Krishna himself, is surrounded by his Shakti's uh, eight principle. Gopis in particular, which in the company of whom and in the light of whom he shines so much more brightly. By Shakti he is known. <clears throat> so that's the beautiful, beautiful insight of Valdiv um, Vidyabhushana. It's not that the meters themselves represent a particular gopi, um, but they're all feminine in nature. Um, so this explains beautifully something that might look like a fault. When we've got a poem in different, all different meters, it would seem faulty from poetic point of view of poetic uh, composition and structure and, and uh, aesthetic sensibilities and so forth. So he's taking it to another, another level. And so we're so much indebted to Baladev for sharing that insight of his own hmm, on the poem, whether it was Rupa's or not, it really doesn't matter. Right. Um, so, um, in the first verse, he is quite famous verse. He uh, very uh, significantly or uh, established the post-liberated or the transcendent nature of Harinam. He described it as. Uh, being situated, Harinam, who is not different from Krishna himself, such that the crowned jewels of the um, Upanishads, which are the, the sounds of the Upanishads that speak about Atman, Brahman, Hambarmasmi, Tattvamasmi, Neti these kind of statements and so forth, which among the Vedic sounds are very short, and they're in the very much shorter section of the Vedas, which primarily deal with what? Babru? 
what do the Vedas primarily deal with? What does Krishna say in the Gita? Yeah, Trigunya Vishaya Veda. So the religious section, hmm, dealing with the gunas. Religion won't get you out of the world. If you want to get out of the spirit, if you want to make a, solve the problems of life, you have to give up religion. That's what Krishna teaches in the Gita. Sarva Dharman Paritya Mami come Saranam Braja. With regard to the Varnashram, which is the religious system, he also says, Chatur Varnim Mayashrishtam Guna Karma Vibhagasa. What is the next line? Hmm. I can't remember, but he says, um, he, he, he says, I created the system of the Varnashram, but I'm not found inside of it. Hmm. I'm beyond it. Hmm. Tasya Kartaram Avyayam. Akartaram Avyayam. I made it, but I'm, I'm beyond it. I'm not found there in. So, such is the position of Harinam, and uh, therefore the smaller section, the shorter section, Krishna says in the Gita, Trigunya Vishabhita, mostly the Vedas deal with the modes of nature, moving within the modes of nature, moving in a gracious way, hmm? taking, is, which is which is to take, we move by taking, to take as little as possible to say, or to say thank you after taking, thank you this God, thank you that goddess, uh, and so forth, and live with gratitude, this is the beginning of loving, to show some gratitude, just like we teach our children, say thank you now, Swami gave you a sweet now. Say thank you. So that's uh, very not the end of love by any means. It's beginning, a crude uh, kind of beginning. But uh, uh, this is what the Vedas basically deal with. And so you're you're saying thank you at every turn hmm, to every god and every goddess and seeking permission and blessing and so forth as you proceed to uh, attempt to live bountifully, and of course the idea is that by such inquiry into how to live bountifully by working with the system, hmm, rather than against the system, hmm, which some people try to live bountifully in that way, but the long hand, long arm of the law, it's just hard to escape. And so, um, and course, there's, this isn't the only life, so you may acquire unlawfully in this life, but what will the next life be in terms of uh, material bounty? So by inquiring uh, earnestly uh, through, uh, in relation to the, to the revelation, which is, these are the sounds that come with the world, the instructions, what is its purpose, how does it work, and and so forth. Um, one is thought to uh, attain a, a level of material completeness, satisfaction, which is an oxymoron in and of itself, but as, as far as possible, and, and then begin to feel that I've got everything, but I feel incomplete. Hmm. And so the general system then is from inquiring into Dharma, how to say thank you and live a full and bountiful human life to inquire beyond 
the limitations of the human life as to what is the nature of consciousness. What am I? Atato Brahma Jignasu. What is the nature of Brahman? Hmm? Um, from how, of course, Brahman means God. What is the nature of God? Of course, he answers, you are of the nature of God. If there's anything in this world that most resembles God, it's it's us. This is kind of, it's said a little nicer, if I, if, if, if I do say so myself, than Vivekananda said it at the convention in Chicago in the, in the middle of the 19th century. You yourselves are God. Something like that. It was startling. But he got a following from that. So if there's anything that most resembles God in the world, it is us. Consciousness, units of consciousness. So there's a, there, while we inquire into Brahman, we, we, are, we, we, are, we are inquiring about the likeness between ourselves and, and God. It's a beginning inquiry into experiential spiritual life rather than religious life. It's looking for the for the for the more that is that is found in in less, right? In, in giving up, taking, stopping from taking, letting go, detachment, hmm? the futility of of, of um, um, pursuing happiness and security and so forth through material acquisition or just moving the furniture from heaven to earth to hell and back again and so on. Uh, so um, to to uh, inquire into Brahman and of course then we, we, we take it if you inquire deeply into Brahman then you'll inquire into into rasa, because rasa ubhaisaha, he is, Brahman is rasa, as Taitareya Shruti says, among other things that are similar, hmm? and related to the, the central focus of, of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, a more refined uh, focus and closer look at the nature of, of Brahman, which we learned the other night was, what's the nature of Brahman? Priti. I mean, Brahman means God. He's of the nature of preeti, of loving. He's kaivalya, right? Mm-hmm. So, therefore, prem prayojan kaivalyakyam prayojanam. Same thing. This Bhagavatam more or less ends with this kaivalyakyam prayojanam. And the goal of this book is kaivalyam, which, understood in the context of the whole book, has to mean preeti. Love, brain. <clears throat> so there's a scale here uh, of inquiry and uh, eligibility to make such inquiry. Uh, of course, the general course in this regard is uh, crossed over, if you will, by by what? What enables us to inquire without traversing the whole course? Have you, Bhakti Rasa, inquired thoroughly into the Vedas and religion, what it means to be say thank you? Yeah. So what are you doing here, inquiring about Rasa? What qualifies you for that? Where'd you get that? Sadhu Sangha, right. So it's possible 
that by the special dispensation of Sadhu Sangha we can become qualified to inquire hmm, um, beyond our level even of, of experience. We may still be needing to say thank you, hmm, but we can develop an interest in something beyond that and then learn to say thank you in the context of pursuing um, um, something, well, Bhakti Rasa, pursuing Bhakti Rasa. In other words, in the pursuit of Bhakti Rasa, then all you should become religious, uh, you should become Janayati Ashu Vairagyam, Gyanam Chairahoi to come, Vasudeva Bhagavati, Bhakti Yoga Prayojita. It is the Parodharma, it is, what does Krishna say in the Gita? Rajavidya Rajagujum, Pabitra Mita Mutam Sat. Dharmam Susukam Gardam So one should become uh, automatically religious in the context of pursuing that. I mean, in the basic sense, morally and ethically sound, uh, and one's sensibilities that will make sense to one to be such, to be a bhakta. And knowledge of the nature of self, consciousness, and so forth should should come very quickly and so forth. So, um, at any rate, the Rupa Goswami is saying that these, 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 the crown jewels of the Upanishads are the, the, the furthest reach of the sacred texts which point in the direction of, of Brahman. Hmm? And um, um, he says that they are bright like bright lights they're shining on the light that emanates from the lotus toenails of Harinam. So what is the position of Krishna Nam, Harinam? Um, it is uh, off the Vedic map, so to speak. It's the, uh, in the form of the Bhagavatam, which is, you know, the afterthought, right? The Vedas are all done, they're compiled, and then there's a need for the Bhagavatam, so it's it's unto uh, unto itself, so to speak, the text of the Bhagavatam. It's the ripened fruit, it says, of the tree of the Vedic literature, and it's Nigamakalvatarogalitam Phalam. So it's off the tree, also. If you want to say it's off the map, we say it's off the tree. If you use the metaphor of the tree, how's it off the tree? Because Nigamakalvatarogalitam Galitam Phalam. It's the fruit. Bhagavatam is the ripened fruit of the tree of Vedic wisdom, which is Kalpa, Kalpa Briksha, Kalpa Toro. It, it is Veda is said to be like, like, like the, the, the like the mind of Vyas, which is as big as the sky, which means it contains everything. So, everything you could need to know, some things you don't need to know, and everything you could possibly need to know, in order to become perfectly happy which is what is our pursuit is, is found in the Vedas. Depends how happy you want to become. If you think happiness is derives from acquiring things, going to heaven, so forth, well, you can do that there. Or there may be other um, notions, but uh, all could be found there. So this is the, the, uh, the, uh, how the Bhagavatam describes itself. So many branches of the Vedic wisdom, right? And then there's the ripened fruit. Hmm. How is it that the fruit is not on the tree? Because it's Negamakalpa Taror, 
Nigama, the Vedas are Kalpaturo, a wish-fulfilling tree. Nigama Kalpaturo, Galitam Falam. Falam means fruit. What does Galitam mean? If it's not on the tree, you know, where do you find the ripe fruit? Save Amrita. On the, you can find them on the ground. Right, they come, they fall of their own. Uh, so it makes it easy to get. You don't have to climb high up in the tree. You don't have to sort through so many branches and so forth uh, to uh, get to it. It's, it's just ripe and you can smell it and it's falling right down into your... It's being kind of handed down, dropped down. Hmm. Um, to you, so and, and of course, in the center of this Bhagavatam, the Bhagavatam is a teaching, so it's a worldview, a conceptual orientation. It fosters then a certain type of action, which is the practice of a day, and it has its fruit. We know its fruit, as we've said, is prem, and its practice is nam, nam kirtan. Hmm? Like throughout, again and again and again and again in the Bhagavatam, this is. This is the, um, the method that is underscored. Hmm? The, the method to, and, and this is what was embodied in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he, he was pursuing the fruit of the Bhagavatam to see Krishna through the eyes of Radha, and his method was Namkirtan. Hmm? So it's off the map, it's off the tree, the Bhagavatam. Hmm? We find there a description of the Brajalila and how are the people depicted? They're depicted as pretty much not knowing the Vedas. Hmm? Not very well schooled in that. Hmm? Uddhava came to school them in that, but he learned something else about that place. Uddhava is Krishna's guru or teacher, his advisor. Krishna in Dwarka is a prince, so he needs a Brahminical advisor. Hmm? So he's got to. Uddhava, who's Shastravit, he knows all the Shastra, so Shastra says this, Shastra says that. You know the Shastra. Why don't you go and minister to my family, friends, and gopis in particular in Vrindavan who are lamenting. So, of course, he goes to tell them, give them spiritual advice. You should not lament. Hmm. And uh, he delivers the letter of Krishna, which he thinks he understands the meaning of. Sometime we should go through all that, that section of the Bhagavatam. It's an important section. And, of course, the gopis respond in such a way as to understand it on a different level and repeat it back. And Uddhava becomes enlightened as to uh, something about spiritual life that's off the scriptural map. Again, I've cited Ramananda Roy, same idea. Ramananda Roy was asked by Mahaprabhu to reveal the truth the highest ideal and how to attain it, and please support everything you say with the scripture. So he went all the way through a whole gradation of possibilities. Mahaprabhu said, go further, go further, go further. That's nice. Improve on that. Improve on that. And uh, he gets to a point who says something more, and, and Ramana says, I, I could say something more, but I can't support it. But it's a feeling that I have. And he cites a poem. Mahaprabhu appreciates it, then he reveals, I am that poem. I am the union of Radha and Krishna. That is, I am the two seeking to become one, who then be confused, who then become confused because they trade places. <laughs> Krishna tried to become Radha, Radha tried to become Krishna. So the Ashrai and the Vishai, they become these these, these two uh, 
aspects of rasa uh, become indistinguishable. Hmm? So he showed that that the solution of that problem, they're trying to become one, but it's a problem, is the third, that is a, a, a new dynamic, that is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he showed himself, see, I am Radha and Krishna. See, I am Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This vision was, was what his poem was about. So this is what Bhagavatam is about. This is such a high um, ideal, is the point. And Rupa Goswami begins by um, explaining that this is the position of Harinam. It's it's a it's a liberated sound amongst liberated sounds, and it is sung by uh, liberated people. That's their preoccupation. So it's we went on at this at some length. It's I don't want to go on too far, but it's a very very beautiful idea. But then the question that really kind of precedes. The second verse is, well, that's great that Harinam is so high, but I'm way down here. So what good is it going to do me if it's the, if it's the preoccupation of uh, then that which is chanted by liberated souls? I'm not a liberated soul, so I guess it's it's not for me, right? Well, then this is, of course, uh, there are other aspects of the name, Super Goswami says, but the, very mercifully the name appears in the syllables hmm? um, of the lexicon of, of the world here hmm? and um, and by an utterance of only a semblance of it an abbas of it that all the aparabdha um, unmanifest karma that hasn't yet come to arrest you that's waiting to arrest you will be destroyed hmm? And karma that you could create in this life would be destroyed by the power of just a semblance. So he's referring to the Namabas that we discussed at some length. Four types of Namabas are given in the Bhagavatam Sanketim, Parihasim Vas, And what these types of Namabas are, are they're like utterances of the name that are not um, part of an effort to chant the name with faith and pursue the real fruit of the name, which far exceeds removing uh, the um, unmanifest karma or karma that one could create uh, in this life. Um, so that's to say the name is liberated and it's just a shadow of the name. If the, if the shadow of the name just chanted in jest like making a joke and without without disrespect but making a joke and saying oh you look like krishna hmm? you know for somebody i don't know whatever you'd be joking but it's not disrespectful but this isn't to chant or or to chant while you sleep uh, halanam uh, to to the famous one that we discussed at some length which nandamarj invoked during the Gopastami was that he named his son Krishna. It's, it, he told the coward boys, it's a fashion, it's a custom, an ancient custom that one should name their son after God. So I've asked that, that uh, as he entered the room, everyone be blessed by Krishna. And the boys started chuckling. He said, no, you don't understand. I've named my son after God. Hmm? Krishna is a name for God, actually. Hmm? 
And there's an ancient story in this connection. So then he told them the story of Ajamio. And uh, in the mat, there's such a fascinating story with the Amadutas coming and the Vishnadutas coming. The coward boys are on the edge of their seats hearing this lesson about Nam hmm, from, from Nanda Maharaj. Hmm. And of course, after he finishes his Puranic Kirtan, to recite the Bhagavatam is a form of Kirtan. In fact, Sugadeva Goswami is said to have perfected himself by Kirtan, and his Kirtan was to recite the Bhagavatam. So Nandamars recites the Bhagavatam, hmm? and then the boys began Nam Kirtan, hmm? Jai Ram, Jai Krishna, <laughs> which they do anyway, but uh, <laughs> with new insight and so forth and, and enthusiasm. So this is all in the context of they're anticipating what Nanda will say. Um, as to their proposal uh, that uh, today Krishna should become a cow herder and begin to actually um, take charge of the cows, which would mean stay out in the live in the forest now for, for the most part and so on. Um, but um, but anyway, these are the one. This is one of the famous to to, to sign the name of Krishna to represent something. Else now it represents my son, Narayan, uh, Achutya, um, and so forth. So what are the benefits of this? This is the benefits of Nambas. Nambas, they can eradicate all the karma, but not the parabdha karma. And this is mentioned by Sanatana Goswami in Brihad Bhagavatamrita. This Nambas cannot do away with the parabdha karma, but but it, it is on an equal power equals strength of efficacy with the entirety of gyan. This is incredible. Gyan is the opposite of ignorance and ignorance or anadi avidya. Beginningless ignorance is the whole is the root of the whole karmic implication that we have. Beginningless ignorance Anadi avidya. So the opposite of of avidya is gyan. So how are you going to get rid of ignorance to get gyan? Hmm? But you got to get a lot of gyan to overcome this anadi avidya. It's been going on for a long time. Hmm? And so the path for that, or the path of the yogis, which is a similar approach, different than gyan, but but transcendental approach nonetheless. Both of these are very arduous, very difficult uh, paths. Paths. Hmm? It's just absolutely mind-boggling to such people, such yogis and gyanis, to say that just by naming your son Narayan and calling him, you get the same results that all of your yoga living in the cave and all of your gyan for lifetimes will bring you. Bring you to the point of a, being a coming a jivan mukta. Liberated in this life, the parabdha karma is still there, the samskars and so forth, and so they play themselves out, but not in, you witness them. Mm-hmm. So that's why even the jnani who knows that he's not the body still likes certain things, doesn't like other things. You think, well, if he's self-realized, why doesn't or something may 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 hurt him, something may not. Mm-hmm. But he, he's not, he, he, he's, this is the parabdha. Hmm? Without parabdha, then what is there? This body is made of karma. Hmm? 
So if the, if the prabhu is not there, he's not there. So he has the prabhu, so he has certain sensibilities. Hmm? He may know that 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 there's no difference between gold and stool. I think the, uh, it, it said, hmm? but that doesn't mean he's going to you know treat them the same, <laughs> nonetheless. So he's he's functioning in this world in the form of his parabda. It's it's un, it, it's the manifest karma just unwinding itself, and the scriptures say there's no way to unwind this other than to let it play out. Uh, I've given the example of the common cold. They say that there's no cure for the common cold. Once you got the cold, you're, you're finished. You, know? you could prevent a cold, perhaps. If you knew some, everybody at the house has got a cold, I'm not going to go there. So you could do things to avoid it. But once you catch it, well, you just kind of have to wait till it plays itself out. Hmm? So it is with the Parabdha Karma. That's how powerful Parabdha Karma is. Even Gyan, self-realization, knowledge of the of the Atma, hmm? Atmananda, Atmaram. Hmm? Uh, it's not powerful enough to eradicate the Prabhu Karma. It has to play itself out. Hmm? But with just a, it's possible just by Nam Abbas. That you come to that same position of the of the of the jnani, hmm? that's incredible, hmm? and 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 it, and, it, and it speaks of the other end of the spectrum, how high Hari Nam is, we heard, and how accessible he makes himself, hmm? how accessible he makes himself, even in the boss, even a shadow of himself, right? Hmm? So I don't know how to turn. Um, so the efficacy of non, this is, it should, this doesn't, the, these kind of statements, of course, are not, uh, there so for us to think foolishly. These are descriptive type of statements. They're not directives. Hmm? The shasa is not directing you. So just do nama boss. Hey, that's the easy way. Hmm? It's saying, if this could be achieved by nama boss, what to speak then of chanting conscientiously with faith and, and so on and so forth. Hmm? And so the third verse, and, uh, is it the third? The th- well, the third, the third verse then takes us a step further. It says, not only by Nam Abbas can you destroy everything but the Parabdha Karma, which, which means by Nam Abbas you can become liberated, hmm? but you just have to wait for the Parabdha Karma to play itself out, hmm? like, the, like, the, like the Jnani. Hmm? The term Jivan Mukta is also invoked for devotee. Iha yasya hareya bhaktir. Uh, what? No, Iha yasya. What is it? Karmana manasagira. Anyway, Jivan Mukta suchate. Rupa Goswami cites it in, in one whose mind, intelligence, body, speech are really engaged in Krishna service. Jivan Mukta suchate. He is liberated in this life. Hmm? Once I asked Prabhupada, I said, Prabhupada, just by distributing your books, will, will I become liberated? He said, you're already liberated. I took his word for it. So, just by by such engagement. Hmm. So, um, <clears throat> we don't end there. The virtues of Namabas are such 
that through Namabas you can also get predisposition for understanding the bhakti philosophy, the arguments supporting the um, um, theistic perspective on the shastras. Hmm? In other words, why we adopt a certain... Well, we go, yeah, I, I accept that. That makes perfect sense. It doesn't mean it will make sense to everybody. It makes sense to you because you have a certain psychology that, that has caused you to be able to identify with certain arguments, whatever the arguments may be. Hmm? In other words, everything we do... Hardly is it is it that everything we do is logically um, you know, decided, determined. <laughs> right. Um, so it is with bhakti. If we have influence of bhakti in our lives, even unknowingly, it's going to create impressions that, just like material samskars, so you're going to have some scars from bhakti that are going to be subtle, hmm? and um, and they're going to build up before that you manifest as faith and. And one takes up the practice and so forth. So, you know, what you 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 we meet a person, or you have experience of being such a person that the, the arguments for bhakti they just resonate with you, and they make, they make sense. And you 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 join a, a party bar and uh, take up the practice and so forth. So there's a background, an invisible background to this. Hmm? So Goswami says in his third verse that. Is also a virtue of namabhas that it predisposes one to be able to, to resonate in the context of Gaudiya Vaishnavism with Krishna Varnam Tisakrishnam Sangam Pangas Taprasham, the, the Gaudiya interpretation of these verses, even of the Bhagavatam, for example. Chanakalo Prahlad said, these are, these are verses about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that other sampradayas don't, don't see them in that way, but we see them in that way. And of course, we can make a good argument for it and so forth. But we're predisposed hmm, to embrace those kinds of arguments. Hmm. Um, and this in an early has its early beginning even in, in Namabas. So this is like there's a negative side to Namabas in terms of its power to remove the negative influences to a large extent. Hmm. And then there's this positive side of Namabas to predispose one with for sumedasa, give them sumedasa, sukritivan, a certain type of intelligence that that identifies with the fine theistic arguments of Mahaprabhu. You may not be a big intellectual. Hmm? There could be people much smarter than you that have rajasic type of intelligence hmm? or tamasic type of intelligence. You can have a sattvic type of intelligence, or you can have a you can start to get a nirgun type of intelligence, right? By 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 sadhusanga, or even by by nama bas. Here is the is is the point. Hmm. So it's the quality of of the intelligence. And um, I I think that if you have a good teacher, and any devotee can understand all the arguments of the sandarvas and all of the. Bhagavad commentaries, it's not hard. Hmm. Good teacher, and you listen, hmm. that's the easy way. Hmm. Attach yourself to a good teacher, and you can 
learn all the arguments and be very grounded then in your in your practice, which is of course how we grow our faith. Faith has been determined or described in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in terms of the degree to which one is acquainted with the revelation. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you have to remember all the verses and everything and be able to explain them the way that that, that your teacher can. But you got it. You got the points have gone in and you started to imbibe them and they, they start to become part of... They're, they're really not separate from the sarup, the bhakti sarup, that you, that you, the, 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 the role that you want to play in Krishna Lila, which is bhava, hmm? as a, a bhava deha, a parsha deha, you know, a body like the associates of Krishna. Um, but that land of Vrindavan, right? It is the ground is this kind of Gaudiya Tattva. So they're not they're not separate. So we're building a spiritual uh, life on firm firm ground. So so good. Uh, so by Nama Bas, this can begin to come. Now the next verse, which we discussed last time um, in our last meeting, was um, uh, Rupa Goswami says that and Harinam can also destroy prarabdha karma, the karma, the common cold. I mean, I'm going to use that example. It's manifest now. It has that power. Hmm? But here he's not speaking about namabas. Hmm? Now he's speaking about the name proper, uh, chanted with faith, having been received by the from the guru, um, and so forth. Now. We uh, mentioned the fact that Bhaktivinoda Thakur has complicated the discussion a little bit by positing what he calls Shraddhanamabhas. Shraddhanamabhas is different than the Namabhasas that we described because it's, it's done with Shraddha. So I, I, I took the opportunity since then to look carefully at Harinam Shintamani and correspondingly in the um, Jaiva Dharma. And characteristically, what uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, describes as a Kanishta Adhikari, hmm? as a Prakrita Bhakta, as a Bhakta Abhas. He uses this term Abhas quite a bit. The term is found really more originally in Rupa Goswami's Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, where he talks about bhav abhas, and abhas or a shadow of bhav, and how there can be uh, chai bhav abhas or pratibimba bhav abhas. Hmm. Uh, so chai means like a shadow from good association. Just to give it briefly, you can you can acquire this, and, and, that, and you realize, whoa, this is a good thing. I get a, get a taste of where... Where you're where you're going, so to speak, pratibimba is is a re, is is a reflection. So that 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 refers to like the Maya bodies, or you know, Amritananda Ma, you know, the hugging guru, or something like that, who has some. She has pratibimba bhav abhas, uh, and it this won't this won't result in in prem. This is this is another another thing. 
uh, some ecstasy, some mysticism, some some symptoms may come, and so forth. But um, this is not in our, our interest. So, using the term abbas, bhava bas, he invokes the same idea that there's bhakta bas, bhakta abbas, vaishnava bas, vaishnav pray, almost a vaishnav, a shadow of a vaishnav. He has got uh, you know nam. Shraddhanama Bas and, and Pratibhimbanama Bas and Chayanama Bas, uh, Shraddhanama Bas and so forth. So he, he's played this out in in, 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 it, uh, in a number of ways. But um, this Shraddhanama Bas that he speaks about is relative to his Vaishnav Abbas or Vaishnav Pray, almost a Vaishnav. And what he's, and throughout his writing, you'll find this, and it's really talking about the, the time in which he's living and what he's experiencing. He's experiencing that there are, again, a number of nominal Vaishnavas. In name only, they're Vaishnavas. Maybe they're born in Vaishnav families. This is their religion. They took initiation, and they're chanting. Hmm? But they really don't have some Bandagyan. Um, they have not been educated. They've gotten diksha from a guru who isn't even qualified to give him some bandhagyan, who's kind of made a living at it over generations because he comes in the family of Virabhadra Goswami from Nityananda Prabhu or something like that, or she does. And, um, and uh, I mean, Bhaktivinoda Thakur himself came in Nityananda uh, Paribar, but the Nityananda Bamsa, which is within the Paribar, which is the actual family line of Nityananda Prabhu, was something that um, at the time of Bhakti Vinod, it appears that it was not very well represented. Hmm? And um, so somebody was giving diksha and they weren't giving sufficient siksha and and without siksha or sambandha jnan hmm? being educated, in the, then there's every possibility of nam aparat, every possibility. I mean, if you don't learn the operats, then obviously you could make them, right? So one of the ways to overcome nam operatus is to learn what they are. Hmm. And to go into them at some depth and, and so on and so forth. And so um, he sometimes made the statement, they're chanting Harinam, but they don't have some Mandagyan, and so they're not making progress very much. So this is what he refers to as Shraddhanam Abbas. Hmm. It's the it's the it's the typical uh, Bhagwat's explanation of a prakrita bhakta. You know, he worships the deity, but he doesn't really understand the, the Vaishnav's position. Hmm. Um, Bhagwatam uses the term, I think, prakrita bhakta, a material materialistic devotee. Still, he's initiated. He's a Vaishnav officially. He's on the path, but he his his progress, his understanding, his pursuit is not embellished by, watered, if you will, by uh, Sambandha Gyan. Now, this is where you get this emphasis at the time of Bhakti Vinod on Siksha, Siksha, and the emphasis of Bhakti Siddhanta on Siksha, Siksha Guru Parampara. You got initiated there, that's fine. You need Siksha over here. Hmm? That's more important. So you got initiated over there. Take Siksha here, you can actually get, because this is a more qualified devotee. This has been abused and misunderstood in the common in, in our our time by devotees who say, well, diksha is not important; it's just siksha. It's, it's not what they're saying. They, they, this is exactly what he's responding to, 
and that climate, and therefore pro he, he dedicated himself to writing so many books. Hmm? That's why Bhaktisiddhanta said, if you if you, you could sell the marbles in the temple, <laughs> and to print books, right? If you get money, print books. Same same spirit. Keep the the teachings um, alive. It's not a it's not a way of saying siksha is more important than than diksha. You got to have a seed. You got to have the water. You got to have both. You might have a weak seed, but if you give strong siksha, get good care of it, then it could grow. You could have a strong seed, but if it doesn't have any nourishment in siksha, then you got a you got a problem as well, right? Um, so you need you need you need both. Hmm? So he has given this term shradhanama bas. This is what it refers to. So. Um, if, by contrast, you have faith, you have, uh, uh, you are a card-carrying member of the Sampradaya, and you have Sambandhagyan, and you're chanting, then um, you are chanting without offense, which is going to come next. So we, we, we you know, we've heard, okay, what Nama Bas can do, the negative side, what Nama Bas can do positively, what Nam can do with Shraddha chanted as a spiritual practice, it can remove Prabhda Karma. Hmm? That's an interesting uh, concept in itself, um, of course. Um, Rupa Goswami says immediately the Prabhda will be removed. Immediately means gradually. <laughs> like I've given the example, Rupa Goswami gives this example. If you want to string a garland of petals of a flower petals, you're going to stick the needle through a whole bunch of them all at once, immediately. But actually, if you look closely, each one has gone through individually and it takes some time. So from the broader perspective, it's happened. Hmm? But still, it's going to go through gradually. So we have our Prabhda Karma. Hmm? Therefore, we also have tastes and likes and dislikes and, and, and so on and so forth. And of course, when you attain bhava-bhakti, when you graduate from sadhana-bhakti, then um, this is a special category, especially in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. There, there you have then, in bhava and in prema in this world, examples of devotees who look like they have karma, like the Pandavas, for example, but they don't. Hmm? Well, this is an arrangement of Krishna. Hmm? How, of course, we have to reconcile the, the problem that Shrasha says only the Prabhda Karma can only be exterminated by playing itself out. However, there is are other there are contradictory statements in the Shastra, also in the Upanishads, that say that it's possible, hmm, it is possible by some to eradicate the Prabhda Karma. Great Nirapiksha, uh, complete dedication to God, hmm? You can't find a more complete dedication of God than you can find in Nam, Nam Kirtan, especially in Kali Yuga. So our charges have argued like this. So that 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 type of exclusive uh, uh, devotion to Bhagawan hmm, and Nam Kirtan, this can destroy the Prabhda Karma. Bhakti can destroy Prabhda Karma. Hmm. So that is Bhava Bhakti then. Hmm. There's no Prabhda Karma. That's why we say there may be anarthas in Bhava Bhakti. It's possible. But they don't derive from karma. Because 
the anarthas that derive from karma are already eradicated in earlier stages. Partially at Nishta, I mean, Vishwanath gives some gradation, and completely and irrevocably and absolutely in Asakti and, and in Baba. Baba is is now is spiritual in nature. Hmm? So the anarthas have to be spiritual in nature. Do you understand? So Anantadas, in his commentary on Madhuri Kadambi, I think he gave a nice example that. Um, there are sins of the flesh, and then there are sins of the soul. Hmm? So, what is the sin of the flesh? Well, we know those. What is the sin of the soul? Hmm? What could be a sin of the soul? You can't think of it. Who can think? Aparad. What is uh, offense? Hmm? To Krishna, to the Vaishnava, to the name. Hmm? This is spiritual. You're going against the spiritual. If the, 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 the normal sins, if you will, of the flesh, they're of a different nature altogether. They're in, of, insignificant in comparison to the, the sins of the, of, of the soul. Hmm? Now you're, you're going against the very thing that that is, you're biting the hand that feeds you. Hmm? Not good. Hmm? I told you the story of my pet raccoon, right? No? I never tell, I'll tell you another time. <laughs> but anyway, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. That's not a good idea. <laughs> I was just a kid at the time. Um, so, um, um, this is an idea of aparad. So, so the reactions committed of, of Vaishnava aparad committed in earlier stages can carry into bhava bhakti and uh, delay until they play themselves out or are resolved in bhava the development of prema. They can also cause some un, 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 unbecoming um, behavior show up, perhaps. Um, there is a chance for unbecoming behavior and inappropriate behavior in Baba Bhakti, but really Rupa Goswami's verse that states this, which says you shouldn't find fault in Baba Bhakti who acts inappropriate, who apparently has an apparent inappropriate behavior hmm? because he's attained Baba. Hmm? But apparent means that really the examples are Bart Maharaj, hmm? and you got to kind of scratch your head. Bart Maharaj left everything. He was emperor of the whole of Bart. He left everything. He, how hard it is to give up an entire kingdom. Hmm? I mean, he had wife, sons. That's hard enough, but he was a king on top of that. This is a great example in the Bhagavatam. His renunciation, his he gave up a whole... You, you want, you know just a part of the kingdom you're ready to give your life for, you know, a corner. He gave up the whole kingdom, just walked out hmm? into, the, into, the, into, the, into the Himalayas. This is the emperor of India. I mean, what an example. I mean, we couldn't expect that kind of example from our politicians, unfortunately. Therefore, they were called Rajashis. They were Rajas who were Rishis at the same time. In the very least, 
their rajas was fully informed by rishinas. <laughs> they had they followed the shastra by following the pandits and so forth. And so they set this kind of example. Great courage, right, to walk out on the whole thing. Now, he's done all that, right? And there he is living in the forest in ecstasy. And he sees a deer crossing the river and chased by a tiger. And she gets scared and she births a fawn and then is taken by the tiger. And so he goes and saves the fawn, right? And then he, then the Bhagavad describes how he becomes attached to the fawn. Now, how could he become attached to a fawn in the way that he, in, in it's like he's attached to his son? Hmm? Where's the fawn? Looking for the footprints. And then he would do his meditation. And then the fawn would come up and butt him on his head. And then he would break his meditation. And he would be charmed by the cuteness of the fawn. <laughs> and so on and so forth. And it's, it's real nice, but it's like unbecoming for Bharat. How is it possible? So the contrast of these two leads us to believe that this is a very special arrangement, as does the follow-through, right? That he dies looking for the fawn, and he takes birth as a deer, and he's aware of his previous life. And deers have very good ears, so he positions himself in the forest to listen to sages speaking the Bhagavatam. Hmm? For his whole life. And then he takes birth as Judd Bharat. Hmm. He gives such great teachings in Bhagavatam himself. Hmm. So the event is doesn't make sense, and the result of it is also extraordinary. Therefore, he acted in a way that was unbecoming, but we don't fault him for that because we don't this is an, a special arrangement of Krishna. Hmm? This is an apparent apparent defect. The other example might be Bilva Mangal Thakur, who, who had had lusty desires in the process, who told him, boy, if, if only you were as attracted to, to Krishna as you are to me, your life would be perfect. It's a long story, of course. It's how he risked his life to get to the prostitute in the rain, crossing the river in the night in the storm, and he had to climb up the the wall to get over it, and he saw a rope and realized as he grabbed it, it was a cobra. And so, you know, one problem after another, and she said, wow. <laughs> Again, if you only had this kind of um, greediness, uh, lust and greed for Krishna, your life would be perfect. And it just hit him. It just struck him like a lightning bolt, and he went without deviation right straight to Braj, took the Radharani Express, right to Braj there, and there he worshipped Krishna. So even the way he reacted to that hmm, says something. Hmm? And and then, and then of course, then he was there in the Braj for some time, and, and uh, what he had the occasion to be at a Brahmin's house, I think he was maybe begging, doing madukari, going house to house, beg food, and Brahman, Brahmani, her wife, her husband wasn't there, and he found himself suddenly attracted to her. Hmm? And so he asked, could I borrow your hairpin? She said, well, what do you want that for? So she gave it to him, and then he poked his eyes out so he, he couldn't see. Hmm? That's pretty extraordinary. So his lust in the moment, this is a special arrangement. Hmm?
this is, uh, and of course, he's a Raghavakta also. So, Krishna's keeping him in that uh, in that body by his own arrangement. Otherwise, how do we resolve? We you know you have to resolve this. How the Prabhda Karma? How is it destroyed? And so the scripture says, well, for certain devotees, Krishna takes their good karma and gives it to their friends, takes their bad karma and gives it to their enemies. Therefore, it plays itself out, like the scripture says it has to, but not in a way that's relative to that particular individual devotee. So, something about Prabhda Karma, which Harinam has the ability to, uh, the power to um, destroy. Hmm? It uh, it gives us a new, in Baba, it gives us a new identity entirely. It gives us a new set of parents, a whole new personality, internal as it may be, but also it is a, it constitutes a transformation of the Sadaka Deha. This is the teaching of Mahaprabhu. Hmm? When initiation is complete, when the sambandha is complete, then the abhideya, there's abhideya also, or practice, in bhava bhakti, but that practice is fully informed by realized sambandha. Now your practice is driven by the sambandha, because we're teaching to you, and it's by knowledge and association, your practice. But in bhava bhakti, you're fully informed, you know. You have Now you're driven by this ideal to be the friend of Krishna, to be the handmaiden of Radha. Hmm? And so, so your, your practice is, is, a, is of a different quality, if you will. It's still a kind of a sadhaka, but he's a, but it's a, it's a stage of, of, of bhava. <clears throat> so that practice, practitioner's body is, um, Mahaprabhu says, Get initiated, you get a body, a sadaka deha. He's not talking about the internal siddha deha. Some of the sadaka deha becomes chidananamai. Hmm? So this is a, a very ex- exceptional. Um, hmm? There's examples like druva, hmm? a transubstantiation. So the body turns into something uh, spiritual. I mean, even if it was a prabda karma body, that's even worshipable. Hmm? Who's in it? What, what to speak of? Yeah. So, Nam has the power to destroy the Parabdha Karma. This is the next thing. Now he will go with the next verse, which we'll, I guess we'll get to tomorrow, but I, I think it was worth reviewing this. It's, 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 it's important information. Some of you weren't here also. Um, the He's going to start talking about greater effects, if that's not enough, and it's not enough, to give a little sambanda to predispose you to understand the teaching and to be sympathetic for it and, and to embrace it. That's positive. To, distrib- to, to eradicate karma, all forms of karma, that's negative removal, that's, but now it has to deal with another thing too. That means it, how it will... How, how will you deal with the offenses? This is another impediment, right? How will you deal with the offenses that have been committed? Hmm? Like disobeying the guru, hmm? like committing, committing, uh, uh, engaging in practices that are contrary to the 
what has been outlined. Uh, so this constitutes an offense to the name. Hmm. So then, how how will you make up for that? Of course, the name is also going to deal with that also, hmm? and different levels of offenses and so forth. Um, he'll he'll go into and. Uh, I, I, it, actually, the next verse is, there's not much to be said about it, so I will read the next verse and we'll say we went through it. But it, it just, it's just a, it's just a, <laughs> a footstep, uh, you know, to get your footing to go into the next section. It's basically just a glorification of the names. He says, O revered Harinam, may my attraction increase immensely towards you, for you have various forms, such as the killer of Agasura, the son of Yasoda, the son of Nanda, the lotus-eyed one, the cooling moon of the gopis, the lord of Vrindavan and Krishna, who is merciful to the surrendered souls. Of course, these are all uh, primary names of God that he's invoked. Krishna, as you know, as the, as the, the killer of Agasura, this is something that's particular to the to the gopas. Hmm. Uh, Vatsaliras, Yasoda, Nanda, uh, Nanda, Nanda names. Um, cooling moon of the gopis and so forth. Krishna is a broader name. can even cover the whole, the whole of Golok from Braj all the way to Dwarka and so forth. So he's invoked, at any rate, primary names of God that Mahaprabhu says in his Shikshastakam are Nam Namagari They're filled with all of his Shakti. So they have great force, great, great, great power. And they're going to have to have power. To deal with now sins of the flesh, hmm, on the one hand, and then that's also a removal, right? It has to be something more than just the negative, the positive. To, to he says, they're very merciful because they they he's basically saying they afford you the possibility of dasya, of sakya, of vatsalya, of madhurya, hmm, all these varieties, possibilities. Um, it's not just one thing. Hmm? Undifferentiated Brahman. <laughs> we'll go into it. So this is just a. I read it. We'll we'll talk about it a little bit more and go into the next verse. So something, some summary tonight. Shri Bhagavatsami Prabhupada ki jai. Shri Namastakam ki jai. Gaur Bhaktivinoda ki jai. Gaur Premanand.